Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the nonprofit organization called Extraordinary Lives Foundation, where we are devoted to supporting the mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with an amazing team of people to help bringing healing to children and families around the world. You could find out all of our information at elfempowers.org, and you could find this link in the show information. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Kathy Twelve. Kathy is a sad leader for Coca-Cola Company, but she also has a mission to normalize the conversation around mental health and fitness in the corporate space. Welcome, Kathy. Hey, Mara. So nice to be with you. I know. It's, you know, we were brought together a couple months ago when we both were on the same vacation. Yeah. And I knew as soon as we met, um, it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's great when you have that that connection with the kindred spirit and you can talk about things that you mutually care about. Right. And that we live pretty close to each other, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I have so many questions for you. So tell us like a little bit about, you know, what you, where you went to college and what you majored in and how your journey took to, took you to Coca-Cola and then how you got into the mental health and fitness uh, space there. Yeah, absolutely. So I am born and raised in Florida. So I'm a Floridian and I actually went to college at FSU. So go Knowles for anyone out there who is a <laughs> Florida State fan. And, uh, you know, it's so funny. I never knew growing up that I would go so far away. You know, you start your life, you go out and head out on your grand adventure. And I ended up, I was actually the first person to leave my first job out of college, which was in banking, which, you know, bless everyone who can do the numbers. I'm not so much a banker. So I left that and I interviewed with Coca-Cola in Atlanta. And then they sent me out to California to train. And that was 34 years ago. So I was the first one to leave the first job. I think I'm going to be the last one to leave this organization, because it's just been such an incredible ride. And in that time, I've lived all over the country. So oh, wow. I've lived in California twice. I've been in San Francisco. I've been in Colorado twice. Uh, I've been in Chicago. So it's been an unbelievable adventure. Wow. And what is your role now at Coca-Cola? My role now is I am the vice president for our West region business for our food service and on-premise group. So I lead pretty much from Texas West for all of our teams working with our, think about national restaurant chains, anyone that might have food service or fountain in, inside their establishment. Wow. <laughs> no small feat. Um, so do you think, how long have you been back here in California? I've been back here actually for 18 years. So this has kind of been the longest place that I've been. So I think after being out West so long, I'm officially a transplant of California and it feels like home to me now. Yeah. Oh, 
beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so then how did you get into the mental health and fitness um, area? Well, I think for all of us, our life is, is really a result of all the experiences that we have. And we have our innate gifts and our innate passions, but then there's the things that happen to us that shape where we go. So when I was 29 years old, I got very, very ill. Um, I ended up in the hospital. I almost did not make it out of that, about three months of disability after that. And after this happened, I started asking a lot of questions. Why did it happen? What was going on with me physically? what was going on with me mentally and emotionally to be able to understand not only what happened, but how do I prevent this from happening in the future? Because what they talked about at the time was that I had an autoimmune issue and, you know, with autoimmune, they don't really understand what's going on with it, but it tends to be chronic. So my goal was to fully heal, not just get over what had happened, but to fully heal from my life. That launched me into a lot of inquiry and investigation into mind body, you know, how does our thinking affect our physical reality? And that was a long-term journey. And I think from that experience, I became really, really passionate about how do I help other people not end up in a situation like I was, where I wasn't fully aware and conscious of what I was doing and how I was living. And it resulted in this you know, near death dynamic. Now, granted, we all have weaknesses in our body and sometimes things just happen, but usually there's more to the story. So as I progressed into leadership, one of the foundations of my leadership practice was always, how do we make sure that our people thrive? How do we help them have the awareness that they're a whole person and that everything they bring into work makes a difference for their life, for their team and for their family? So that's really what launched me on the journey. And into the customers, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I think we know, I mean, this podcast and the work that you do, Mara, is all about wellness. And I think the journey we are all on as humans is to figure out how to be whole, how to understand all the aspects of ourselves and how do we thrive? Because when we thrive, everything around us works and it doesn't matter what domain, if it's personal or professional. So that's really the goal that we want to find. And I love that. You know, I always say when we're born, we're all kind of victims, right? Life happens to us and we're just surviving. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully there comes that point where we go from surviving to thriving. Mm -hmm. um, and you and I were thrown into different journeys. Yours was more physical. Mine was more uh, mental, emotional that put us on our healing journey. Um, and then for you to have like that fear of like, oh my God, I, is this ever going to happen to, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. it can manifest it actually had happening again. And I love, so I'm assuming that you moved out of fear that that was ever going to happen to you again. Yeah. I still remember the day that I had a follow-up call with one of my doctors and this was about six months after my surgery. And I had been knee deep in these practices of how I was thinking and how I was visualizing my future and the health of my body. And when he reported back a clean bill of health, because when I was in the hospital, he's like, oh, you'll probably have to have another surgery in six months. I remember feeling so incredible when I got that news, because I knew that some of what I had been doing was working and that I wanted to build on that foundation moving forward. 
That is amazing. And the power, right, of um, of our thoughts. And it's just so powerful. Did you also do um, healing? Any any healing modalities? No, at that point, it was really about creating practices that would keep me in balance. So mm -hmm. this is back in the 90s, where mm -hmm. I would say, you know, what we knew about, I started practicing, you know, yoga, I started being much more consciously aware of how I was taking care of my, my health physically, how, what I was thinking about, how I was cultivating my life moving forward. So at that point, it was really just about staying in balance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yoga back then. <laughs> oh, what? I mean, a lot of the things that I know your healing center does now, whether it's working with energy and working with different somatic modalities in the body, I think they were around back then, but they weren't mainstream and they weren't very well known and they weren't easy to find. Right. And so I would honestly tell you that at that point, I had no awareness of some of these, these options, but I would definitely okay. say as I've continued on my journey of wellness, because it's a priority in yeah. my life, I have discovered all kinds of other modalities that I think have strengthened my mind, body, spirit. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, you know, what we're doing, because I've worked with so many amazing healers, and there are some that the universe was testing me with, and, you know, they weren't all love and light. And this is where we're kind of, we rubber stamp them and work together as a team to help each child and family. Yeah. Um, and it is great. Um, I'm really excited. Hope Hospital actually asked us to uh, put together a presentation for their therapists who are, their patients are hearing and seeing things and the therapists don't understand it. And, you know, it's one thing, you know, they're like, oh my God, you're crazy. Here's medication as opposed to like, oh, maybe like we're going to give them a little food for thought. Like maybe there's some kind of gift associated and definitely, you know, there's love and light and there's darkness and how to keep in the love and light and remove any mm -hmm. type of darkness is a definite necessity, but it's so beautiful to see that people are starting to open and expand um, their, their thought process in their minds. Yeah. I think we're, we're starting to understand that we are, there's more to us than meets the eye. We have our, our physical bodies. We have our energetic bodies. There's so much that goes into our well being, And the more that we ask questions and we're open to learning, the more that we discover in this space. Yeah. I love that. You know, we all hold emotions, um, on a, emotional, physical, cellular, and spiritual level. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not people believe in past lives, it doesn't matter, but there have been many healings that I've had done personally for me and some of my clients in a past life that had a very big effect in their behaviors and their emotions um, today. So I always tell people, you know what? I go to turn on a light switch. I don't understand how it works, but the light goes on, you know, and that's all I need to know. And, you know, just obviously having trust and faith in somebody um, is really important. Um, I just can't believe that's amazing with the, the your yoga because after I had my manic episode, which was my spiritual awakening, I was compelled to do yoga, but I didn't even know why. It's like one of these things I was just guided to do. And it's amazing. Like, you know, then I learned, you know, that we hold these emotions in our bodies and why were my hips so tight and looking more into that and saying, you know, there's that book, the body keeps the score. And there's so mm -hmm. many books that say, you know, our physical ailments have emotions behind them. Yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes it's just simply helping people get in touch with their their breath, you know, and and mm. how they're how they're experiencing the moment that they're in because there's a far reaching, you know, just universe of potential modalities out there 
But I find in working with a lot of people in my company, sometimes it's just bringing us into a space of gratitude and mm. awareness. And the more aware we are, the more we can operate from a conscious, kind, giving and competent you know, level in our work. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you say that because there's so many times that I f- often forget to breathe and I'm always like, practice what you preach. And, you know, oh, again, yeah. like there's all, and it's interesting. There's so many different ways, like there's the box method of breathing. There's, you know, and being mindful of, um, unless you're breathing into the heart, but definitely not bringing t- breathing into the chest and shoulders and breathing into the belly, which is very counterintuitive, but it's really, it, it, you know, doing like five of those, it's just unbelievable how your nervous system just calms down. Oh yeah. And if I laugh, like for us, for us women, we're just used to sucking our stomach in, you know, like, Oh no, exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, no, breathe into your stomach. Right. Like let it, let it happen. And we, we tend to stop breathing at all the times we need to breathe the most when we're nervous or anxious, or we have that big moment. And so, yeah, just, that's what I tell anyone, if they just want to find greater peace, greater mindfulness, I'm like, step one, remember to breathe. Breathe. Oh, amen. And it's funny. I was just thinking, would it be cool if we had a watch that could like, that could tell when we're not breathing as deep or if we need to breathe deeper and yeah. it, it would give us a little buzz in our hand. That's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to breathe one moment. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah I think there are things out there that kind of will send a little alarm for you to check in, but it's more like checking with your presence, but yeah, it's something yeah. we need to, we need to focus on. And if it's checking, I don't know, your oxygen level in your blood or something, you know, enough. Yeah. Um, I remember I went to something um, in LA Kabbalah healing day, and it was interesting the way they were having us breathe. And it was like, very like, you know, and then out for four. And I think it was in and out through the mouth. And we're like, why are we doing this? The next minute, like half of us in the room were hysterically crying. It's just, <laughs> I don't know how the breathing brought up these memories from, you know, when we were very young, but it was like, wow. You know, and it's so great because, you know, unless you know what your, you know, subconscious thoughts are, your childhood, you know, traumatic experiences are, there's no way to heal them. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Really it all starts with being aware. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and you have two children, a set of twins? I do. I do. I have two boys, teenage boys. So we're in the process of, of being an inquiry with them about where they want to go to school and what do they want out of their lives. So yeah, they are, they are an absolute joy to me every day. Uh, and it's amazing because what they're going to do today, you, they might change in five or 10 years, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a journey of exploration. We're all trying to figure it out and that's okay. I had no idea when I was 17, what I wanted to do. I do think a lot of kids now know, but I tell them, you don't have to know, just pay attention, pay attention to the things that make you feel alive, pay attention to the, to kind of what comes your way and it'll all, you know, it'll all work out. I love that. Yeah. It's like your intuition following your heart, right? Not your head mm-hmm. and I need to do this and I should do this. And oh yeah. Say this, it's Stay like away from the shoulds. Stay away from the shoulds, not Absolutely. the shoulds. Where's yeah. your heart leading you always? Heart, I Love that, which definitely could be um, challenging at points if your <laughs> community or your parents aren't supporting you. But uh, no, for sure. Right. So now you had your incident before you had got pregnant, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. So it's interesting. So it's not right because mine was kind of in the middle, right? You know, so seeing the effect of my children, but it happened like kind of in the middle versus. So your kids were lucky that you started your whole journey, which is probably, you know, had a very positive impact on them. Yeah, I did not have my boys until 10 years after my my incident. So wow. it really actually gave me a long time 
to be on the path and to be growing and learning in the space. Amazing. What a gift to yourself and to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, uh, sometimes well. I might want to not want to hear me talking about some of the things that I bring I, up, but you know, like that, I was just going to ask you, say so like, how are they? Cause I know like when I, you know, I had my <laughs> you know, spiritual awakening and my middle son who's on the spectrum, Asperger's and ADHD, very scientific. Um, you know, it was just like, why is mom keep talking about God? And he was like 16 years old, whereas my daughter was still younger and was more open to things. And then, you know, of course, my healers actually were able to help her when she started um, experiencing anxiety and depression. She didn't want to medicate, um, which, you know, back then I come from a family of doctors. That's what you do. You medicate. And she didn't want to, which is a blessing in disguise, because I had to work with a few healers. And then she ended up working with a female shaman for seven years. And now... Wow. Um, she's such, you know, she's still working on has her journey, her healing journey, but she's such a gifted, intuitive, you know, coach and healer and sound dealer. And, um, yeah, but it's interesting because people are like, oh, she's like that only because she has you as a mom. And I'm like, I'm, I can't take credit for that. I think like this was definitely her journey and she was going to find it no matter what. <laughs> I think yeah. so. I think our kids do find their authentic journey and, all we can do is just plant the seeds of possibility that they can that they can love themselves, believe in what they can create, whatever they want to create, and mm. trust the process with the rest. Yeah, trust the process. That's that real, you know, trusting and having faith is probably that and forgiveness, like the hardest things in life to do, right? Mm -hmm. When yeah. you really do and give that, you know, that over to something greater than us, it's so powerful. Yes. And your children, um, the boys, their mental health has been good throughout the their first 17 years of life? It's been good. You know, I think it's been, they've had the normal ups and downs of, of growing up, especially in COVID times. I mean, they started high school during COVID. So wow. That's, and, and, you know, when, when I was a teenager, we never heard about school shootings and things like that. And it's become normalized for our teens. So I've been very close to them to talk about how are they processing this information and what's happening in the world. And so I think there's natural, there's anxieties that come up, there's questions that come up, but I've actually been very impressed at how they they adapt. They adapt and just try to make their way, you know, in the day to day. Yeah, that is an amazing topic. And we're going to take a brief break and we're going to come yeah. back and discuss um, the effects of COVID in our kids and, um, you know, the after effects. So hold on and we'll be right back. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. 
visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. Today, we're talking with Kathy Twells, the sales leader for Coca-Cola Company. Welcome back, Kathy. It's great to be back, Mara. So we're going to uh, continue on our conversation about your boys and the effects that uh, COVID had on them and their friends. And then we're going to get back uh, or start talk, share about the Compassion Lab and what you're doing with that at Coca-Cola. Sure, sure. Um, so it's interesting. I was thinking when we were on break that you have twin, like two kids, twins that are home. So having, I wonder, having each other, that made it a little easier, a little less lonely during COVID. Oh, it definitely made it easier. And I also feel quite fortunate because at the time they're starting high school. So they were much more able to have independence and autonomy. I had many of the people that on my team were working with young kids, mm. toddlers, having to homeschool them, very different situation. They need hands-on help. I was able to go to work in my office, virtual office. The boys were able to do their schoolwork, be online with their teachers. And they happened to be at a school that pivoted very, very quickly into technology. They were able to do this very effectively. And so I, I feel that we were lucky in that sense. A lot of others, not so lucky who had to juggle much, much more due to the age of their kids. Wow. Yeah. And then um, and you're also talking about how with all the school shootings, unfortunately, that had been going on and on and on. Um, how you as a mother and how your kids as students feel um, on a day-to-day basis going to school. Yeah, I think that their world is so much bigger than, uh, I won't speak for everyone, I'll say that my world was at at that age, we did not have iPhones. We did not have social media. We just, you know, the news might be on at night. Your parents might be watching the news. But other than that, your world was your immediate world, your friends and what was going on at school. And, you know, maybe, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, situation going on. So I feel like our kids have to grow up a lot sooner now because they have access to a lot more information and they have to learn how to process it. Their minds are not completely formed, I think until you would know the stat, Mara, 23 years, yeah, 25. Okay. So here they are taking all this in, in addition to just going through normal coming of age, teenage (laughs) years. So I'm actually amazed and impressed by how our kids are navigating so much. And it's also why I think having resources like what you do, and support for this added pressure is so, so important right now. Yeah. Thank you for that. And, um, and I love like how you took care of yourself, which is how you could tell a direct positive impact on your, 
family, your boys, and now how you bring that to Coca-Cola with the Compassion Lab. So if you could share with us when you started that, how long ago, and all, all the goodies with are uh, related to that. Yeah, so I think COVID, you know, for everyone listening to this conversation, COVID had a huge effect on all of us. I mean, it was a collective traumatic situation and it affect people differently for sure. But for all of us, it was a huge change in our lives and it put us into reflection, questioning about how we were living and what did we want to do moving forward. And that is true for young and old. And so as we were transitioning back to work, I think that there was a separation in the past with these conversations in the workplace, not so much on the physical level. For many, many years at work, we would offer benefits for taking care of your physical health. It might be a gym membership. It might be tracking your steps and getting points to do that or getting screenings right at the doctor. We understood that as people take care of their physical well-being, then they're healthy, they're able, of course, to contribute to the workplace. But what was missing in that was the unseen part of our well-being, what I call the inner game. And so the lab began three years ago, so right on the heels of, of COVID, to start introducing practices and tools that would help us in our resilience, help us in our awareness. You know, the mission is really to increase our mindfulness with each other, our compassion with each other. I think we've seen a lot of division in the world, whether it's political lines or there's any number of ways we're divided. Well, when you have compassion for yourself and others, you know that everyone's on their unique journey. And so the lab was born in order to start bringing this discourse into the workplace. And we're on a journey. We are still working this out and we're, we're very clear about where the boundaries are. We talk a lot about gratitude. We talk a lot about daily practices. We talk about breathing, everything that we need to do. And we're bringing some fantastic speakers from the outside who share stories of resilience and share stories of how they've been successful in overcoming a lot of obstacles. So our hope through this journey is that our people and anyone that comes into contact with the resources of the lab are able to not only take care of their physical health, but their emotional mental health as well, so that they can thrive as a total person. I love it. So this happened before or as a result of COVID? As a result, right after. And I think quite honestly, everything has its time. I don't think, I, I'm, I'm quite sure there were some advanced companies out there that were doing some of this work before, but I don't think the general environment was as ripe for it as it mm -hmm. was after COVID because of just the huge shift that that created in so many of us. In uh, like the hearing about silver linings from COVID, you know, people like, oh, you know, all these things. So there definitely are, and that's great um, that you're spearheading this where so many people are grateful for that, right? Um, and the people that you're helping at work and it's going to help their families. And it's just like that domino effect. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Well, and and there a couple of things I, I have to say. First of all, I just have to give so much credit to the company for welcoming the work in yeah. all of the leaders that I work with people on my team. I've had people volunteer to help, 
you know, the, the Coca-Cola company has been incredibly welcoming and opening into how can we help our people be stronger? How can we help our people um, have happier lives and ha a happier workplace? So it's been a super positive experience to see how it continues to grow and blossom and really augment some of the other resources we already offer, which, which are deep, right? Through our HR team, we offer a ton of resources. So it's just good to see there's an acknowledgement and that people are taking advantage of it too. Absolutely. So that, that's, it's just, that's beautiful. Um, there was a thought that went in and out of my head. Oh, okay. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I was at UCLA where Oprah was interviewing Dr. Vivek Murthy, the U.S. Surgeon General. And yeah. he stated a fact, or I wasn't sure if it was a fact or his opinion, but whichever, um, that one out of two Americans are experiencing loneliness. And as a result um, of COVID, and to me, I mean, it's terrible. And I, but I always say like pain is inevitable and suffering is optional and healing is possible. And so for people to realize like, you know, if they're feeling anxious or lonely, whatever it is because of COVID, that's fine. Um, but just like there's ways to work on healing that, um, it's kind of an invitation that the universe is putting out for all of us to heal and evolve. Um, I mean, the, I, I always kind of laugh now in hindsight, but um, when I had my manic episode, you know, out of the blue and was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I didn't even know I had any issues, right? And um you know, of course, after a while, I had to be medicated heavily. And that's when I started going on my healing journey. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, do I have things to heal? And then some right nine years later, I'm like, oh, well, there's still more, you know, anytime there's a person that might yeah. push my buttons, I'm like, oh, there's an opportunity to heal. And have you ever heard of the Hopopono prayer? Or Oh, I have. I have. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And I love you. And sometimes that I love you is really hard. Just yeah. thinking about a person, not saying it to them, but towards them. Yeah. And it's like, thank you for showing me that I still have something to heal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all mirroring to each other all the time and it takes great compassion, you know, to be loving to someone else when you feel like there's a hurtful dynamic going on. But I also find there's great compassion to be loving to ourselves. I think there's so many people that don't give themselves the grace they need to be on this journey that is imperfect. We're all we're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to learn and grow. I love that you brought that up because so many of us, like we were so hard on ourselves. And every time I speak to somebody just last night, I'm like, okay, let's switch it around. Let's say I'm you, you're me. What advice would you give me? Mm -hmm. And then she gave me the advice. I'm like, but why aren't you saying that to yourself? You're saying, no, you have to do this. And, you know, it's yeah. unbelievable. And we have those voices in our head from society, yeah. our parents growing up that mm -hmm. we, you know, need to be compassionate and learn about self-love and unconditional love without judgment, which is so hard. I just so we can remove judgment from the human condition, um, make life easier. But it definitely... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so hard though when somebody like if even if someone has a mental illness, and I was spoken to one a girl about her dad, and you know, and that's mentally ill, but still his actions hurt her, and had to forgive that and realize like when you're mentally ill, you're not clearly thinking, you're acting out of a volition that's not your own, but it's still really hurtful. And even if it's not a mental illness, just whatever the challenge is that if somebody that you're working with. And, um, you know, really being able to dive deep again, like we always want the other person to change, but how about if we change, right? We can't change how people act towards us, but we could change how we respond to that. 
Yeah. And, and none of this work excuses behavior that is abusive or wrong. And I think that that's an important distinction. However, the invitation is to go on your own journey, to take a look at what do you need to be aware of, which includes that inner critic voice. It includes all of that because the more we are not at peace on the inside, the more likely we are to be that person projecting something on the outside to someone else. And so the more each of us just does our own work, you know, then everything will be resolved. Amen. Well, and it's funny because going back to Dr. Vivek Murthy, he said it's going to take a spiritual awakening to change the way things are. And I was so grateful to hear that because that's what changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the Compassion Lab, is that the podcast or is it more than the podcast um, at Coca-Cola? It's both. So the lab has several components to it. We do leader-led sessions internally where we come together and practice. So we'll do we'll have a, a conversation together about the power of presence or about the inner critic, right? We'll, we'll be in conversation together. We might talk a little bit about how to breathe and practice that together. And it's just a quick pause in the week. We just like a half hour segment drop in for anyone who needs a little, you know, a little like reset button. We offer that. And then we have a speaker series. We bring speakers in from the outside to share their stories. And this year we're actually doing a cohort journey on how to manage your energy. It's a six month program that we're offering our associates on how to do that. The podcast is in addition to that, the podcast has been around for a while. It used to be the CMO Summit podcast, which was another program we led for for many years. And we just pivoted that into the lab so that we could continue some of these discussions that we're having with the speakers we're bringing in and others so that it would be available for open content. I love that. Um, Do you have a tip for company leaders to help their employees um, have hope, get through the day and all that good stuff? You know, my number one tip for leaders is first start with you and do the work on yourself because the greater, yeah, oxygen mask, the greater the consciousness level of the leader, the more the team will feel that energy and thrive. So step one is be be courageous on your own path. And some people think that this is touchy-feely work or, oh yeah, I'm going to learn how to breathe. No, this is the warrior's journey because it means you don't get to just numb out on TV or whatever else and not think you have to actually be aware aware of how you show up, aware of your values, aware of your actions, aware of your impact. And that takes discipline and it takes work. So you start with you. Then as you, and you never, you're never done. Like you just said, it's an ongoing process, but then it it depends on the structure of your company, whether it's through your human resources group or another, there's, there's resources out there for well-being programming to do similar work on what we're doing um, here at Coke. And so I would say, you know, get in touch with people like myself, or there are others out there who are doing work in this space and see how you can expand it within your company. That is so amazing. And for the Compassion Lab, so you, anyone can listen to the podcast, right? Yeah. The podcast, Great. anyone, anyone can listen to that. And what, how do people access that? You can find it on any of the podcast platforms. It's just called the Coca-Cola Compassion Lab podcast. So it's pretty easy to look up and uh, 
it's there. I think we've got about 75 episodes out there for people to, uh, to enjoy. So it's, we're not on YouTube at this point. It's still an audio only conversation, but um, it's there for anyone who feels like it could be of service. Okay. And we will put that link in the show information and how would people, if they want to get in touch with you directly, what do you, what's the best way? You know, the best way uh, would probably, I've got to think, I can't really share my email publicly. So um, I'll get with you on a link. It would be the best way to contact me for any of your listeners who want to reach in, even through the comments. And then we could figure out how to make a direct connection with them. LinkedIn is another way, you know, as a public platform, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Perfect. And for you, if you ever would need any uh, speakers to speak, you know, to help employees with their children, um, I don't know how much of the, you know, the parents even know these days that children are being born these this day and age different. They're very empathic. Yeah. They feel other people's emotions. They think it's their own. They don't know how to, their little bodies don't know how to handle these big emotions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. of course, there we have to go as parents putting our oxygen mask on first, mm-hmm. helping to bring you know us into uh, more homeostasis to help our children. Yeah. I mean, my poor you know two of my three children are very um you know one has Asperger's and ADHD, one's probably undiagnosed ADHD, and one anxiety and depression. And you can imagine these two parents, my husband and I, you know, these semi-neurotic New York Jewish uh, bread (laughs) folks coming home like "Eh!" And, you know, my kids are just like, like, whoa, wait a minute. No wonder. (laughs) And then, and then it's like, here, take some medication. It's like, oh no, that's not always the answer. There's, we could change the way, you know, the the kids are eating and we could bring down the energy level and help protect them energetically, which is something great. So, um, Kathy, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, My last question is, what would you like to see in the corporate wellness world moving forward? You know, it's a great question. And I I think I would just punctuate a, a little bit of what I've touched on, but kind of, I would bring it home by saying this. I think as you go through your life, you understand that at some point you go from the me to the we. You know, it it starts out when you're young, it's all about you and trying to make your way. And then you cross a threshold where you understand that it's really about service and being in service to each other. So whether it's the corporate wellness space, whether it's any company, startup or volunteer organization, I would put the challenge out there to people to say that, what do I need to do to raise my consciousness. And when I say raise my consciousness, I mean, raise my level of awareness, of presence, of how I can be of service to others, the compassion to look beyond the surface of anything and to know there's so much more going on. So my challenge to everyone listening, corporate space or otherwise, is have the courage to do the work. And the more you're willing to do it, the more gifts you'll be giving to, to the collective, to all of us. That is so beautiful. And, you know, sometimes removing some of the layers of the onion um, can be a little painful and some tears might fall, but then we can use those tears to plant our new uh, seeds. So thank you so much. This has been so amazing. And I would like to tell you and all of our friends out there that you are amazing. Everyone is amazing. Yes. Thank you, Mara. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 
If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.